Thank you, choir. Well, you know it is a high holy day in the church when you get a bunch of Presbyterians clapping. <laughs> Friends, good morning, and again, welcome to worship here at First Presbyterian Church of Berkeley. It is a joy, and that was a perfect song to express that joy, to be gathered together today in worship on this Epiphany Sunday. It is a high holy day. This is the day that we celebrate the revelation of God's light to the world. That's right, while the Christmas lights in our stores and homes have likely come down in the last few weeks, the church has left the lights up and on. Because as it turns out, the Christmas drama is not yet complete. While our nativity scene today and our Christmas pageant two weeks ago might have us believe, the whole nativity crew wasn't huddled together on that fateful night there were a few who were still left to come. On this Epiphany Sunday, the church commemorates the visit of the Magi, those ones who came a little bit late to the party, who came from afar to greet the baby Jesus. Like the Magi, we as a community too have traveled far this season. In the weeks leading up to Christmas, we explored the names scripture and the church have given to Jesus. Names like King of Nations, Wisdom, Root of Jesse, Key of David, Emmanuel. And like those before us, we sang and prayed, read and reflected on these names, these antiphons, all that we might better recognize this Jesus coming into our midst, that we might better answer the question of this season, what child is this? And now here we are on the other side of Christmas. Jesus, this one that we have been waiting for, has arrived. And the question before us now is, how do we greet him? The story of Epiphany, our scripture text today, sheds some light on some potential responses. So as we turn to it, I invite you to pray with me. Oh, Holy One, source of all light, your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Give us grace to hear your word to us this day with open hearts and minds, and strength to follow on the path you have set before us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Friends, hear now God's word to us from the gospel according to Mark, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is this child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. Now when King Herod heard this, he was frightened. And all Jerusalem alongside him, and calling together the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where this Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. 
Then Herod secretly called the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them off to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. And on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Friends, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, in this final scene of the Christmas drama among this interesting cast of characters, who are these magi? Who are these ones who journey far from their homes in the east seeking a star and the Jewish child for whom it shines? The text itself doesn't actually say much about these figures, but history and tradition have been more than happy to embellish for us. We've come to know these mysterious figures as the three kings, royal dignitaries from abroad, each carrying precious gifts for the Christ child. Over the years, we've even gone so far as to give them names. Casper, Melchior, Balthazar. Or if three kings feels like maybe taking too many liberties, we've also come to call them the wise men astrologers or Eastern priests who read the stars. But the Bible doesn't give us any of these details. And actually, the titles king and wise men are a bit misleading. Because if we read closely, the kings in the story are actually Herod and Jesus. And the wise men are actually the priests and the scribes. And each of these characters have a unique greeting for this newborn king. Herod, for his part, as we see in the text, was less than pleased when these magi showed up on his royal doorstep in Jerusalem. Being a client king of Rome wasn't an easy job, especially in a religious and politically tumultuous area like Judea. But Herod was a master of forging alliances staying a step ahead of his rivals, crushing any whisper of treason with deadly force. So whoever this child, this self-proclaimed king of the Jews was, well, he was not going to vie for Herod's power and position. Herod would ensure that much. King Herod was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. Because when Herod was scared, well, so too were those under him. The people had learned to live under Herod and Rome's rules. It was oppressive and ruthless, but it was predictable. It was consistent. So when Herod calls together the religious leaders of the city, those chief priests and scribes, those experts of the law, they tell him all they know, which is a lot. They know the prophecies concerning the Messiah. They knew where and what to look for, or so they thought. 
The priests and the scribe knew the prophecies from of old, but they failed to see the Messiah right in front of them. And when these foreigners, these individuals outside of Jewish custom and religion, outside of this country, show up pointing to a star and asking about the newborn king, these religious folks aren't particularly curious, much less moved to go and seek him out. What greeting is Jesus given? The powerful fear him as a threat. The wise ignore him as irrelevant. But here is the bright and shining message of epiphany. God is determined to be found. And God will use any and all measures to reach out to those who earnestly seek God. Enter the Magi. These Magi, these outsiders of Jewish society, didn't know all the details. They didn't know the scriptures or the ancient promises of God. They didn't know the many names of the long-expected Messiah or even the name of the God who sent him. But they, moved, they were moved by the stars to seek an answer to a deep, abiding question. Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? And they went. Unconcerned with their own power or position, willing to step out with more questions than answers, content to be guided wherever and to whomever the journey may take them. They traded the favor of the powerful and the wise to seek the Christ child. Whoever these magi were, court officials, Eastern astronomers, foreign priests, we should be shocked that they, they were the ones to see the sign, to have the insight, to have the wherewithal to earnestly seek this one who had been born. And they find him. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, gifts for a king, a messiah, a savior. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their country by another road. It didn't matter that the journey led them from the halls of wealth and power to a tiny house in an unknown town among a colonized people. It didn't matter that the royal gifts that they brought were laid at the feet of a teenage girl and her illegitimate child. It didn't matter that this baby and that they now themselves were to be hunted by Herod because they had greeted him and they didn't return the way they came. How is God revealed in the world? Where and to whom we least expect. Not in Jerusalem, but in Bethlehem. Not in the centers of power, but the margins. Not to the priests and the scribes, but to the magi. Not to the power brokers and the learned, but to those who earnestly seek him. Friends, if we have learned anything from our journey through the antiphons, it is that this Christ child disrupts all our assumptions, overturns all of our expectations. 
it is as true now as it was then. Epiphany reveals God's self and God's ways to the world and asks us, how will we greet this child? Will we respond with fear? Because this child challenges our seats of power, our privilege, our status threatens how we've learned to operate and maneuver in the world, disturbs our comfortable status quo? Will we respond maybe with complacency, content with what we think we know about God, priding ourselves on being experts, interpreters of scripture, but all the while missing the living God in our midst? Where are their resistances? Disruption surprises in us this epiphany. Where on the horizon of our lives are there epiphanies, shining beacons guiding us on a journey to Jesus wherever he may be found? Even in the unexpected places, especially in the unexpected places. Because friends, he will be found. Beloved, the Christ child has come. That is the message of this Christmas tide but the Christmas drama is not over. Epiphany reminds us that God continues to reveal God's self where we'd least expect and to those unsuspecting but willing to earnestly seek and follow. The question before each of us is, how will we greet him? As we begin this new year, may we look up and around. May we open our eyes to the presence of epiphanies in our lives, holy beacons, bright or dim, that send us on a journey to new roads, to the very edges of our maps, into the unknown and the unexpected, to the very feet of Jesus. Maybe we don't have to look all that far to see them. Maybe we don't have to look much farther than the link that our friend sent us to check out this church called First Press Berkeley. Maybe we've caught a twinkling participating in a Sunday morning class that challenges us to approach scripture with an eye on the text and an eye on the horizon because God can't be confined to the boundaries of our interpretation or parchment. Maybe we've traveled all the way to the gym or to the patio where we've encountered Jesus in our neighbors at street meal or the mobile food pantry and joyfully offered our gifts of food and clothing. Or maybe in the midst of the darkness of diagnoses and loss, broken relationships and broken hearts, family stress and financial strain, we see the glow of God's revealed in the care of a friend, the compassion of a stranger. Friends, wherever this year takes us, let us, like the Magi, follow the signs with open hearts and open minds. May we seek the light with wonder and awe. And when we find him in the unexpected places, because we will find him in the unexpected places. May we greet them there with our joyful worship and gifts. And may we walk away differently than the way we came. And all God's people said, amen.